Just praise the Lord. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Found in Second Chronicles 7.14 As the Lord speaks to us, in this particular scripture we learn that Solomon had just finished praying one of the most fantastic prayers that is recorded in biblical literature and it was right after the completion of the temple which was now you know dedicated and surrendered to God and it was after this seven-day feast and and he prayed this prayer as he completed his worship before the Lord he waited as God gave him the answer and through his prayer if you'll read his prayer the chapters before where Solomon seeks the Lord for the people of Israel and he asked God to do some things for them as a people and God response comes forth in 2nd Chronicles 7 14 in the form of the verse that I just read that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There are some things that we're, you know, commanded to do in order to hear, in order to forgive, be forgiven, in order to receive healing. We're to be humble and pray. We're to seek God's face and we're to make a turn from things that are wicked. We're to be humble and pray. We're to seek God's face and we're to turn from those things that are wicked in our lives. Because God operates in covenant. And covenant, if you know your Bible, is throughout the biblical scriptures. And it, it's an operation between two parties. Where God tells us that if we do such and such, then he'll do this. But a lot of times we want God to uphold his end of the covenant without us upholding our end of the covenant. And, and that's kind of ridiculous. Because in a contract, which is a covenant or agreement, there's always more than one party. I mean, what good is it if you're making a covenant agreement with yourself? Now, if you read your New Testament and you study this um, part of the scripture, especially the Gospels of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as Jesus began his public ministry and as he's presented here as the savior of the world, his birth and uh, his ministry and his death and resurrection. If you would study your Bibles, you will find out that there were many things that Jesus and his, Jesus' 12 disciples observed him saying and doing. But of all the things that Jesus' disciples observed him say and do, the Bible only tells us or records one thing they, they actually asked 
him to teach them. And that one thing, sisters, was how to pray. Found that in Luke 11, 1. Now, out of all the things, out of all the magnificent things that they saw him do after seeing him heal the sick and raise the dead and feed multitudes of people and calm storms and cast out demons or walk on water. It's amazing, wouldn't you say, that the only one thing that they asked the master to teach them, and that was how to pray. Why did they do that? Why would they ask to be taught how to pray? You know, when we deal with people within the Christian environment or in the religious or church environment, we find that many people are curious about their, their spiritual gift. Many people are curious about when their blessing is going to come forth. Many people are curious about when their change is going to come. Many people are curious about when they're going to get what they think they were promised in God's Word. But very few people come to the pastor or the bishop or the elder or overseer or whomever and say, I need to learn how to pray. Would you teach me how to pray? Now a lot of them will say, don't ask me to pray because I don't know how or I don't like to pray in public because I don't know how, but very few will say, teach me to pray. So out of all the things that the disciples saw Jesus do, one thing they requested of him, and that was to be taught to pray. You see, Jesus, uh, Jesus and his disciples were everywhere together. They lived together. He, he, he went, and, and, and wherever he went, they went. For, for three and a half years, it was a continuous being together. And the scripture tells us in Mark 1, 35, that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark 1, 35. Jesus would get up in the wee hours of the morning while I'm sure all the other disciples were still asleep and it's hard to arise and, and I know that those of you who have a relation with God have experienced the, the uh, before day awakenings, being awakened by the Lord, being awakened in the middle of the night at 3, 4 and you not wanting to move and not wanting to get up because you're just overwhelmed with sleep or tired or whatever but it was in these wee hours of the morning that Jesus would get up and he would leave the house and he'd go to this solitary place where he would pray. Now they probably would wonder when they did awaken where he was and would finally find him praying. And they would see this praying, praying quite frequently. He was the type of person who would spend five hours with God in solitary, alone, waiting, seeking the direction for today, finding out what and whom he was to talk to. You know, I hear so many people say that everybody that Jesus went to got healed. Why is it that when you lay your hands that everybody don't get healed? Well, Jesus was wise. 
he knew that five hours of praying with his father meant a two-second healing. He knew exactly who was ready to receive the healing. You see, so many times we will ask for people to come forth to the altar or people they need you know a healing or a word or deliverance or need something from God to come forth but we forget that that person hasn't prepared himself to receive you know it's it's like even when we go forth to God and pray ourselves that we've got to already believe that we have received and you might say well what's the purpose of praying if we already believe we already know what what prayer is more or less like if you would read that that book of Chronicles if you would read that sixth chapter of Chronicles and if you see how Solomon prayed and the very exact thing that he was praying and speaking about is the very exact thing that God came forth and answered you know to him with so Jesus would spend all these hours praying and we know that the prayer sessions at the church are the least attended we know that people say I can't stay on my knees an hour and pray I can't think of uh, nothing to say to God for an hour well why in the world can you stay on the telephone gossiping an hour why can you look at a movie two or uh, three hours why can you uh, sit yourself in front of the TV and watch a soap opera you know every day for an hour why can you watch your uh, reality shows for 30 minutes or an hour why why is it that those things that are fleshly that grab your attention that the enemy has put out there for your hourly attention are so easy and yet it's so difficult to talk for an hour to your father see Jesus knew the significance of praying in the churches today, and when I say the church, I'm not talking about a particular church. I'm talking about the church as a body. I'm talking about us Christians today. We, we don't understand this truth. We haven't recognized that, that we need to spend five hours with God and one second casting out a demon. Five hours with God and one second calling that body into alignment to be healed. We spend a few minutes with God, then we try to do many hours of work in His name. Jesus would cast out a demon with the word. All he'd say is come out and it would leave. It took him about two minutes. In the morning he had spent five hours praying though. You know, how do we cast out a demon? We spend five hours working on it, commanding it to come out. You know, when the demon isn't cast out, we tell someone else, you know, to take over. We tire ourselves out trying to cast out or, 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 or get rid of demonic presence in people's lives. And yet, our time in prayer is so short. It's so short, saints. Sisters, we need to start to fellowship with our best friend. Have a relationship. Talk, walk with Jesus throughout the day. You don't have to be uh, in a form of formality. And that's a lot of times we think that's what we have to do. Be all formal with him. Formal in the sense that we've got to ah, and go down, yeah, then the Lord. And you don't know, no, I'm talking about just like you were on that phone talking. Talk to Jesus. Talk to him as a true friend. You don't do all that when formality, when you're talking to your best friend. You don't have to think of what you're going to say or what you're going to ask them. You just naturally speak. We need to learn how to naturally speak. 
We need to get familiar enough and comfortable enough with our Lord and Savior to spend time, you know, praying. Praying to the Father in our Savior's name. Praying and not just petitioning all the time. But as part of our prayer, learning our, our, the importance of worshiping Him and prayer. You know, not just petitioning. Not all the time seeking His hand. Learning to seek His faith. You see, saints, we can never be really too busy to pray. Because prayer is what makes our lives focus. Prayer is what makes our lives efficient. Prayer is what makes our lives peaceful. And when we can learn this principle, it will become an essential part of your life. You know, we have many things on our heart and mind. We've had so much confusion in our lives. or We've been overwhelmed by circumstances or difficulties that we had to face or problems that we didn't think we could resolve. But we have to learn that we can go to God in prayer. And he'll give us the wisdom. He'll give us the guidance. But you can't just go and, and give him a second prayer. A two second prayer. A prayer. A five minute prayer. And I'm not saying to, to pray to be seen a man with those long prayers as he tells us. Now I'm talking about go in solitary and pray. You know. I mean even in singing we say that God has made this day. This is his day that he has made. You know but if, we, if it is his day why aren't we? Why aren't we coming to him and talking about the day he has made and what great plans he has for us throughout this day? Oh, we've learned now to get up and thank him for another day of life. And as we get older, we learn to do this more speedily and readily. But do we ask him, Lord, what would you have me to do? What's your agenda, Lord, for the day? Who am I to talk to? Who would you lead me to? Who needs me? Who needs to be encouraged? Who needs to be a word? Who needs to be saved? Who needs for me to just give them a phone call or go over the scripture with them? Do we do this? Now, sisters, remember that prayer is coming into union with God's mind. And we haven't been taught this. I mean, what we've learned mostly about prayer, about prayer, is what we've observed through our years of attending church. We've observed people praying, and we figure because they hold positions in the church that, of course, this must be the right way to pray, and we haven't really sought out the right way to pray or even used the model prayer. I mean, we use the model prayer as a prayer instead of a model of a prayer but prayer is coming into union with God's mind God showed Jesus everything that he was thinking and, and when he showed him he, he, he would just allow Jesus or give him the word to go and manifest that for him you know when we can see what God will have us to see and operate in that that is when we're walking and working in the greatest power that's available to us. You see, words are an extension of our thoughts, but we ourselves are our own thoughts. As a man thinketh his heart, so is he. God desires not to talk to you, but to think to you. Let me repeat that for you. God desires not to talk to you, but to think to you. God desires not to talk to you, but to think to you. Prayer is a medium through which man discovers what God has already done in the unseen so that he can give the heaven permission through his faith to manifest it on earth. 
It is simply that, my sisters. Prayer is, once again, the medium. A medium is something that goes between. I, I know y'all know what a medium is because a lot of people now when they're in the court system or seeking a divorce or whatever, they have to have a mediator. That's a middle person that can speak, you know, for both parties mainly because the two parties cannot speak or come to an agreement for themselves. So prayer is our medium. It's our mediator. It stands between us and God. And it's the medium through which man or a woman discovers what God has already done in the unseen so that he can give heaven permission through his faith to manifest it on earth. See, that's why I said that before we come forth, you know, we need to be ready to receive what has already, already been done in the unseen realm. And I talked a little bit on last week about, you know, the spiritual realm, the unseen realm. But we've got to be in a position where we already have received and believe that it's going to come forth. Because, you know, it's already happened in the unseen realm. And when we pray, it just gives God permission. Read. I, I, I urge you to read Second Chronicles 6 and see how Solomon prayed. And then read the 7th chapter of Second Chronicles and see how that prayer operated. Because it gives God that you know permission, gives heaven that permission. You say, well, heaven don't need permission uh, to operate. Yeah, yeah, heaven does because heaven and earth are different entities and God made man to have dominion over this earth. And when God allowed Jesus to come back and, you know, redeem this for us, because Adam and his fall had, had messed that up in a way for us. But when Jesus came and, you know, we're, you know, we are now um, operating in that power again. So, you know, it, it's stuff that has already been done. And we can't even, even, you know, grasp this in our mind. How we can pray for something that's already be done. We have to see it done in the unseen so that God can He can give heaven permission through through His faith to, to manifest it on earth. You see, you know, we just don't know how to do this. We don't understand this. We we we, we are lost when it comes to spiritual things of this. But you we gotta remember that that our thoughts, our thoughts and God's thoughts. Even though God's thoughts and ways are higher, there's an intimacy there that takes place. And you remember in John 5:19, where the scripture tells us that the son could do nothing by himself. That he could only do what he saw his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. Oh yeah. Y yeah. See, he showed him. What? And, and those who walk in the anointing and, and walk in kingdom principles can see. And it's not a visual sin. You know, and that's where we get confused because we want to see that, you know, visual, physical sin. It's a spiritual sin where they're able to see what's going on there and bring it back forth to the physical realm. But sisters, we get confused because we don't spend those hours in prayer listening see it's not uh, five hours of talking prayer is not just talking because 
you, you can't be talking and hear the mind of God. You, you, you can't continually talk and, you know, focus and, and, and speak words and hear the mind of God. At some point in your prayer, you've got to hush. You've got to be quiet. You've got to be silent. You've got to listen for the still, quiet voice. You've got to wait. God moves in his own good time. You have to wait and wait until he brings forth, you know, that word. That, that, that word. And remember, God speaks where? To our mind. Speak to our thought. Speak, you know, in a silent word. Because a thought is a silent word. A word is manifested in thought. You know, a silent word to our thoughts. And God would speak to us if we would sit and take the time and wait on Him to speak. But it's only through a genuine relationship. It's only through a friendship that has been developed on over time. It's only through relationship with a father, leader, a relationship that's been built up and, and maintained. You know, a relationship that we come to understand that we'll get more done in the presence of God than we'll accomplish in the presence of other people. You know, spending all day talking and listening to foolish with and from others. Foolishness. You know, foolishness that contributes nothing to your future. Foolishness. Listening to just empty talk. Just being entertained. You know, sitting down and, and spending two or three hours talking about absolutely nothing that's going to develop and edify you for the kingdom. In the end, nothing is resolved. Nothing has changed. You usually end up depressed. Haven't grown anymore. May have taken a, a step or two backwards. You won't know, spend those hours down on our knees praying for different issues. You know, the things that we were gossiping about, talking about, putting down. Oh, how it's a shame or how wrong it is. Should have been spending time praying about. Even when we're talking about the weather and, and the storms and the nature, we should be praying up a storm. Praying up a storm. You talk, what do you mean praying up a storm? You remember when Elijah started to pray up that storm? You remember? If not, you better read Kings. Remember when Elijah, mm, he had prayed before that the heavens be shut up, and they were. And then he started to pray for the rain to come. And then what did he see? A cloud about the size of a man's hand. The servant saw a cloud about the size of, of a man's hand. And before long, oh my Jesus. Yeah, we should start praying up a storm. You see, when you have important decisions to make, and you're praying fast and when you're trying to decide whether to take you know a certain job or to start a business or to go to college or to get married or to seek a mate you should spend time with God you know God will make it easy for us he'll help us to avoid making mistakes you know so many of us want guarantees but we want guarantees through people we want to go get married and we want that person to guarantee us that they're going to love us, they're going to wait on them, they're going to worship the ground. We want, we're going to do all this stuff. We want guarantees from people. And the only guarantee and truth that we really have is the Word of God. You see, God will make it easy for you. He will help you avoid making mistakes. He will help you to keep from doing things twice. He'll stop you from going in circles. So many of our lives living in circles right back where we started from. A lot of us even changed cities or 
change, you know, our our um, neighborhood or we'll, we'll change even states sometimes and change. And that's only geography, which means we just make another move and nothing inside is different. But see, God is trying to show you something here. Jesus wants us to operate the same way that he operated. A lot of time spent in communion. A lot of time spent in love with the Father. Getting a lot of stuff accomplished for his kingdom. Jesus specifically prayed that we will follow um, his example in John 17, 21 to 22. That all of them may be one Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you. He says, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Now, whether you think that's talking about unity of the church or whatever, but Jesus is asking that his disciples be, be one the way that he and the Father were with each other. To be one in the same way that they were one. We know that the Lord God loves us. And he wants to commune with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants a common union with you and me. That he had with Jesus. And what makes that common union is our prayer lives. So that we can be intimate with God so that we will walk around and naturally manifest the works, the thoughts, yes, the will, the way of God, just like Jesus did. Well, thank you for this opportunity to share. Tonight we'll be at